Welcome to the Mandalorian's Explosion Network's after show for The Mandalorian, breaking down, discussing, and reviewing each episode of the Disney Plus original series. My name is Dylan Blight. Joining me, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here to talk about the prequels. Are we talking about the prequels today? Right? I mean, <laughs> the original movies, I guess, would be the... Phantom Menace. Phantom back Menace. there again. Oh, that's, yeah, the, the one everyone thinks of. <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> you mentioned Tatooine, you think the Phantom Menace. I... Don't think that's maybe for you. I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I think episode six. How about that? How about that for a spin on the the thing? Uh, anyway, yeah, th- this week's episode is. Wait. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're, they're there. They don't go to where we go, but they're there. Uh, so chapter five this week, the episode was titled "The Gun Slinger." It was directed by Dave Filoni. It was written by Dave Filoni. It was the first episode to break away from being written by John Favreau, who had written the previous. Four, so there you go. Uh, synopsis I wrote down for this one was the Mando ends up on a very familiar planet and helping out a rookie bounty hunter who's in over his head. What were your overall thoughts on this week's episode? Did anything stand out to you? What was your favourite moment? I mean, it's a good episode. I don't think it's the best one so far. Um, it Enjoyable, it's fine. I mean, we get more of the Mandalorian, we get more of Yoda, we get... Tatooine, which is biz- crazy that we're back on Tatooine of all planets that we could be exploring. We're back on Tatooine. And for that to be the planet that has got the shot of the Imperials, the stormtroopers with their heads in pain. It's like one of the most famous surprised. shots from the trailer, and we only just now found out it's actually from Tatooine the entire time. So, Which what- is weird because I don't, don't ever recall seeing stormtroopers on Tatooine. So. In the original movie. Are they? It, oh, yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the, the... Literally the most famous, like, you'll let us pass now. We will let you... You know, like, yeah. Jedi mind trick. I thought that was uh, Batooine. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think your mind is completely... <laughs> completely yeah. blanked. Yeah, so, yeah, you, know, you know. They all get whatever. set down after some droids happen to, sh- to disappear. They, they literally burn <laughs> Luke's aunt and uncle alive. <laughs> Now that you mention it. <laughs> they do some pretty yeah. big things on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Was they there? Did they leave their mark on the planet? I don't know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, no, no. Just those scoldering bodies. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I would say the episode was okay. It definitely felt the least like, eventful. And I think that's why the internet's kind of... Uh, I'm a Mandalorian shit now. People are starting to turn on this show. <laughs> quite drastically. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting because I'm one that's like, yeah, I start, I start watching all those CW shows because they, you know, like, there's only so much time, blah, 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 move on. People are like, two, two episodes of okay, and they're like, I'm out. Fuck shit. What a bad show. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not just, it's not that it's not, it's okay. It's still good, I think. I think people can say it's good. It's just not what people expect or want, especially after the first three episodes where it felt like a cohesive narrative and it was going to be a one running through the entire eight episode thing. Whereas the first three episodes are a story contained to itself, kind of, and now each episode it feels like is its own self-contained story. Yeah, but which is not what people were looking for. I don't think. Isn't it not just still part of the same story? Like he's literally on the run now. Like that's part I mean, of the still, story. But I think it's more uh, not serialized, but a bit more. You know, one one I, and done stories. I guess, but like, which is not what people wanted. The they first- want everything to be tied together, everything to be connected every episode. Yeah, which isn't isn't what the show is. <laughs> I, you know, I would argue it's, it's still kind of is. It's just the what's happening now is literally leading to having one and done stories fit. You know what I mean? Like the first three episodes where he gets a mission, da 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 da, that leads him to Yeetle. And now he's on the run. And now that he's on the run, it kind of fits that he's bumping into random planets and people that just fits with what's happening. You know what I mean? Like it's still part of the story. I mean, yeah, it's still, but for some people they can't, it's not working for them, I guess. I guess. The, the other thing I find quite interesting when people talk about, like, um, filler episodes for TV, you know what I mean? Like, 
what is a quote-unquote filler episode when uh, the, I can't remember where I read this. I read this years ago. Someone explained, like, boiled it down as like, if you think about your life and if your life was a TV show, how many moments of your life would be filler TV? You know, like, there's not always something in your own life happening that's so eventful. Like, if you was to turn your life into a TV show, you'd be like, well, yeah, the cut, like, one moment from that year would stand out. You know, like, yeah. all these, like, nothing moments. But it's still what makes up your life's, story you know what i mean yeah so I, I don't really know what a quote unquote filler episode is if we're still building and expanding on the mandalorian as a character which is what this episode I does mean, i think i think people are viewing filler filler episodes as episodes that don't progress the main plot of the series i think you you look at that list that came out recently of episodes you need to watch in the clone wars Mm-hmm. It's like every everything else is filler, technically. But I would argue it's people. not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's some of those episodes that don't seem like they're important at the time end up being very important or show aspects of the character that prove more important down the line. I mean, yes. Sometimes it's just like- I, we just, I saw somebody go, why the hell did they have that episode of the Space Whales in Rebels? That, that, that was some stupid filler episode. That's what then, I was going to uh, bring up. Becomes for, important. Yeah, so that's what I was going to bring up for this. For As soon as the episode finished and I could tell that people were going to have a problem with it, and of course they did, my number one thing I was going to bring up was the stupid fucking space whales. And I guess this kind of plays into how I feel about the episode straight away because obviously I really like Dave Filoni, so I'm, I might be a little bit biased towards everything. But also I've been watching Dave Filoni's stories and stuff you know, Clone Wars, Rebels, blah, blah, blah. And the Space Whales is the number one thing that stands out as when they showed that episode in season three of Rebels, we were like, why the fuck did we just do an entire episode where the gang of the Rebels, they bump into some Space Whales in the middle of nowhere, and then that's the episode. They, you're like, oh, cool, they're called this, blah, 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 have a bit of an adventure. And then the next episode, it was back to being more taught to do with the proper quote-unquote story. And little did we know, a season later, those space files were going to be super important to literally the season finale of the show. That was a season later. So I think because of that, and Dave Filoni's done this for many other things, he will put a red herring in one season and it won't come up until like maybe two seasons later. Um, for, for that reason alone, I, I refuse to believe he would do something. He would do an episode that's quote unquote filler. I don't, I, I just don't believe it, you know? So yeah. it's also like, it's set on Tatooine, which I, a lot of people that, had a problem with that. That's significant enough. That is significant enough. But also I want to point out for people who are like, oh, the chances of them Bumpy and the Tatooine now, they're just really playing. The whole show is literally taking place in it's taking place in the outer rim, <laughs> you know, like, no, it's like, it's, it's not, he's not traveling the entire galaxy. He's in like the outer regions. So bumping into Tatooine is his chances of coming there are higher because he's traveling in certain s- sections. He's not traveling too close to where the new Republic and all this shit is. Obviously he doesn't want to go near there. So he's keeping to the outer regions. That's where all these plants are. That's where all the, the, the bounty hunters and huts and everyone else hung out. That's where we know they all hang out, outside of the the rules and whatever else. So that makes sense. But yeah, again, it's like it's set on Tatooine. I don't believe that would just be done for shits and giggles. Um, and there's lots of interesting tidbits in here and whatever else. But I'll say again, it's like there could be something in here that everyone's glossing over that by the end of the season, next season, we're suddenly like, ah, that was important because reason, blah, 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 blah. But again, but even just judging it as a contained story, I would say it was, it was fine. I don't need every episode to be, whoa, this was a fine episode. I still enjoyed it. It's fucking Star Wars. They're, they're, in, they're on fucking Tatooine. They're doing shit. It was a fine episode. Doesn't Would I give it 10 out of 10? No. Doesn't need to be. I don't care. Um, anyway, let's get into the actual episode. So, uh, episode opens with the Mando being blasted in space by someone uh, after Yeetal, obviously. His engine is taken out, and then the guy says... I can bring you in warm, I can bring you in cold. And then the Mando, of course, slams his brakes on and like kind of hits his ship and then spins him out and then shoots him and destroys him. It really breaks in space. Uh, well, I don't know how it works. Either way, he like 
turns his thrusters off. I don't know, whatever he does. Uh, and then shoots him and blows him up and then says, that's my line. And then we get the title card. So, I mean, if you hate the corniness of some lines in the show so far, this one would be sitting up, <laughs> like, up there. Yeah, it was of, pretty high. It was pretty high. <laughs> but it, it was an interesting way, you know, start the show with a bit of a space bell, of course. Um, small space bell. But yeah. We don't usually see them. Very small. So, um, cool. Uh then first live action space battle in Star Wars. Dogfight? On on TV. On TV? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, everything in this show is going to be the first something for a live action TV Star Wars show. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to yeah. win no matter what you say it is. Uh, so then he begins losing fuel to his ship and um, the engines are Understandable. Messing up. He let him crash into him. That but was his plan. He also let him shoot him a lot. So that was probably a lot. The the start of your problems right there. Uh I did like how Geetle's in the corner laughing about this as everything's happening. He's like, <laughs> Which I was like, oh god. Yeah. You can't be angry at the baby when it's laughing because it's too cute. You know? Gets away with it. Gets a gets a free pass for these sorts of things. It's what babies do, they get free <laughs> passes. So yeah. then Mando spots the closest ship and uh closest planet, sorry. He cycles the ship systems and then he manages <clears throat> to fly on over to that planet, which happens to be Tatooine. And we find this out, of course, as he's like calls in and asks for permission to land. And they're like, oh, you can park at Moss Eisley Tower, something, something, something. So, of course, you know, anyone sitting there at home watching this, as soon as they say that, you're like, because <gasps> from the outset, you don't, I mean, nope. I've, we've seen about 10 million different fucking sand plants and styles at this stage. I, I don't see the planet and go, that's Tatooine. As soon as I said Mos Eisley, I was like, oh, that's Tatooine. That's exciting. No. Here we go. I didn't clue in. Yeah, well, you also didn't realize there was fucking stormtroopers on <laughs> the planet. So at this stage, I'm not really surprised at all. You don't know. There's a gazillion planets in this universe, potentially. There could be multiple Mos Eisleys. I mean, I can't for sure say no, but. <laughs> How many Springfields are there in the world? In the world? Hundreds, probably. Or yeah. you mean on Earth? On Earth. Yeah, I'd like to think in the world of Star Wars, people are a little bit more um, no, adventurous sure. There's, there's definitely a few Springfields in Star Wars. Possibly. You know, you know the reason lots of stuff is named the same on Earth, though? Colonization. Lazy. No, colonization. <laughs> it's because they named, they, they named it first in <laughs> England, then they went to a different country and kicked all the people that live there they out, and then they named the same new shit. New Springfields. Yeah. Exactly. New thing, and then it gets old, yeah. so then they drop the new. You know these places in Australia? I mean, yeah. I don't, not really the show to get into Five this. more years, <laughs> it's just going to be York. You know, this, you know Australia, where you live in? When there was, there was <laughs> all, these places had, all these places had really unique names. <laughs> they, they aren't what we call them, though, because they were renamed by white people. Um, so getting into, continue on. So Mando then lands at uh, Mos Eisley tower and then he pisses off straight away the local lady there because the gonk droids come out and they run out guests wanting to fix the yep. ship straight away or whatever and then of course we know that mando hates droids so he begins like kicking them or whatever and that doesn't go down too well so then the mando leaves 500 credits with the uh engineer lady i'm not sure if she's a pro like i write down engineer but it's like I think she just kind of was the boss of the section, but the droids were like the proper engineers. Anyway, her name's well, Pelly Motto, and she's played by Amy Sedaris. Yep. Which was interesting. I really did not recognize her until after the episode and the credits rolled. Did not recognize her at all. It's the hair and, I don't know, they did something with the eyebrows, I think. Everything. She did, did not... I was like, as soon as it came up with the name, I was like, from Elf? Because <laughs> that's, that's all I think of. <laughs> Um, I mean, people know from more famous things, I guess. But uh, so yeah, he gives her five hundred credits Horseman. and says he'll come up with from what? Bojack Horseman. She's oh the, yeah, she does one of the voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. he leaves her five hundred credits and says that he'll come up with money to fix the rest of the ship. And then she's Imperial like, "Imperial credits." Yeah, which I guess is important. Which I feel is kind of important because they don't hold much value, I guess. Yeah. And she's like, mm. well, when you consider that at the start of the season, the Mando oh. didn't want to get paid in Imperial credits. Uh, well, yeah, it's, the, I think so far in this show, it's kind of shown that because the galaxy is still in such an influx that it's like all sorts of currencies. Any currents will do. <laughs> yeah. It's like some is worth more than others in different places, blah, blah, blah. I, I would assume that. I mean, there's a certain alien creature that didn't take Imperial credits in the, or collector credits in one of the films. 
on Tatooine. So, you know. There you go. I'll make sense. Our hero Watto wouldn't take any credits. No. Our he- credits did you say our hero Watto? <laughs> uh, so the <laughs> Mando then heads out. Yeah, he heads out to the city to find the job to help uh, pay the lady to fix his ship. I mean, this whole episode is literally just. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it all makes sense to me. That's what I'm saying. Like he's on the run. The, the end of the last episode sets up the bounty hunters after him. The episode starts with a bounty hunter after him. That bounty hunter happens to fuck up his ship. This episode is literally just all. His goal is to fix his ship. That is the whole episode. Mm. If you want the objective of the episode, like what's this have to do with the story? He needs his ship fixed. The bounty hunter shot it down. He needs to get away. That, I mean, it's all. It's not. It's not like a. It's part of... I don't get it. Um, so back at the ship, though, we do see that Yeetle has woken well, up. Yeah. Again, this is an important fact. He left Yeetle alone. Yeah, no, everyone's... Um, Something prior to last episode, he definitely wouldn't have done. You know, that time in that village, he's, he's got lazy. He's like, I'll leave Yeetle to go about his business, making friends with little kids and shit. Maybe. Well, yeah. I was like... I don't know if he left him alone because he's like, oh, Yeetle can look after himself now, or he just didn't want to bring Yeetle out into public. But then also, if it's option B... Why wouldn't you lock the ship? Yeah, like, <laughs> lock the back door or something, my dude. But maybe <laughs> he needed to leave it open for the ship to get fixed, and he thought, I don't no, know. he could have put him in the... Stick him in that bathroom you saw at the start of the season. Well, you'd think, yeah. you'd, think you'd learn after last episode where Yeetle refused to stay on the ship that yeah, it ain't going to stay on the ship, so... Well, he doesn't, yeah, you'd think he would learn. Uh, but Yeeta wakes up and we get this whole funny moment where you hear the, like the ship opening and someone's like coming down and then uh, Pelly's like- Holding a rifle. Yeah, Pelly like grabs a, <laughs> grabs a rifle and like, watch the ship. Like she like points and it's like, you'll come out now slowly or <laughs> you know, whatever else. And yeah. then out comes Yeeta just like, <clears throat> hey, <laughs> hi guys. Uh, yeah, just refreshed. like, yeah, like waking up after a good night's sleep. So that was quite funny. Um, and she's straight away like, don't know what you are, but you're cute, which is the automatic response of the galaxy. Normal response, yeah. Yeah, normal response <laughs> by everyone. Um, so she picks him up and begins talking to him, which was nice to see. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed her in this episode. She was, she was like a nice degree of like comedic Person. relief and whatever else. And, yeah. She wasn't like a big mean lady or a big good lady. Mm. She was just kind of like, yeah, like I'll help you, but I'm sure you give me the credits, like, oh, you know, like all this sort of stuff. It was quite good. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, the, the quote I wrote down for it, the line that made me laugh the most was, "Did that bounty hunter leave you all alone in that big ship?" <laughs> like she, when she picks him up and stuff. So I thought that was quite funny. Uh, then we go to the Mando, and he enters the cantina. And this whole scene, of course, you could you could write off as just uh, what's the word nostalgia, nostalgia stu- stuff. But I don't I don't buy into being nostalgia because nostalgia would have been Mando walks in, you know, like everything's happening. Yeah, that's nostalgia. This scene isn't nostalgia because it's showing you something that we know. But I mean, bringing back the subverting expectations that everyone loves from The Last Jedi. Um, it's literally the opposite of everything that we you would expect to see in here. Like, from the outside, it looks very much like the cantina. Like, when he's entering the doorway, they've done a really good job of recreating the way it looks from the movie. But as soon as Amanda yep. enters, my first thought was like, there's fucking droids in here. Like, <laughs> what is yeah. going on? There's droids in here. And I, that's obviously the thing that stands out the most. Um, of course, in episode four, when C-3PO... <laughs> tries to get into the place. Leave, we don't serve your kind in here. You know, he gets he gets told to to get the hell out of there. So there was no droids allowed in the place at that time. Now I will say, for like uh what we know from uh I think it's I, I think it was from the from a certain kind of from a certain point of view book, they confirmed a like I think a legends storyline and made it like kind of canon where this place is actually run by a Wookiee. A really old Wookiee. We never see him in the movie, of course, or any, anything like that. But, like, the manager of the place or whatever is a Wookiee. Um, so, whether or not that still stands at this point, I don't know. What happened to the old other people we know? Why is the place run down? All these sorts of things. Why is there now droids in there? Um, the next important thing that comes up that leads to more questions is, of course, the Mando walks straight up to the droid and basically asks him for a job. The, Mando's, uh, the droid says that 
the bounty guild doesn't work there anymore, all these sorts of things. I think all of this comes back to Jabba dying and yeah. then the New Republic and all that, I guess, could play into it. But it's like- yeah. you t- you- No succession plan. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. It's it. Re- well, wouldn't you think about the Hutts were meant to be like a big gangster family? They're a cartel. So why didn't so, somebody rise up? I mean, I guess he didn't have a son. That's the yeah. spinoff I want. I the Hutts. It, you know, well, it's Godfather style movie. Some of the Clone Wars episodes do show that they are very much like a cartel. They they have a yeah. they have a hut character in the Clone Wars that's basically written like the a Sopranos, fucking 50s gangster. But the Hutts. That's what I want. Right. I'd, Disney Plus. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch anything Star Wars to be honest, but I'd watch it. <laughs> Not to be biased, but yeah. So I, I, I thought this was quite interesting. Of course, it's just like, did it all just go to shit as soon as Jabba died? Did no one come in? But I guess my my my, my one problem with putting everything on Jabba is like, if you think about the way the criminal world has worked throughout like human history, you know, like if you kill the leader or like whatever one place, then someone else comes in and take over. You know what I mean? And in, in Star Wars, we know there are lots of different groups of criminal enterprises. And we know up until episode seven, there's several groups of criminal enterpri- uh, enterprises, like the uh, the two lots that uh, Han has come after him in, in episode seven, where we get the worst scene yeah. in the movie. Um so we know criminal groups continue until then. It's like, but why hasn't anyone come in if the huts are like wiped out? Why hasn't another one come in to to take over? Is is my question? I don't know. There's there's lots of maybe maybe they have and they just don't like the mostly Osley Cantina. Maybe I don't know. It makes me wonder what the hell's happening up at Jabba's palace. Like, there's someone just in the room, like just constantly sweeping with a broom. Like, <sighs> that, the, the the guy is still mourning. Yeah, maybe <laughs> just crying over Jabba's body. I mean, what a sad, what a sad, sad <laughs> novel that would be. Um, but then, uh, so yeah, the Mando can't get a job and he, he kind of, I guess, is going to leave. But then um, a man calls out from behind him and we go to a shot that, of course, is supposed to replicate how Han is, you know, sitting feet up on the, it's it's literally Han's table. Uh, but again, it's like the complete switch of kind of character and whatever else. The guy looks cocky and whatever else, but he's literally a, he's closer to Han from like Solo than Han from A New Hope, you know? Like yeah. he's in over his head, he's cocky, he doesn't really know anything, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and he's named Toro Calican and is played by one Jake Cannaval, which I did not know that Bobby had a son. But there we go. You learn something every really? day. Was that your a real? Was that, was that a really like a re- legit or a sarcastic? Re- That's a legit, really. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, Bobby, uh, Bobby Carnival's son, Jake, Jake Carnival. There you go. Uh, yeah, so he says that he says to Mando that he um, has a job and he wants the Mando's help with it. Mando asks what the job is and he brings up picture and it's Fennec Shard. Or Shand, Shand. I wrote down Shand. I'm not sure if that's right. But I'm going with it anyway. Thanik Shand yeah. is the person that he's after. The Mando says that he's out because Thanik Shand has worked with the Hearts and lots of cartels and it's big, dangerous, and he basically wants nothing to do with it. Um, so he goes to walk away at first, but then Toro calls for help again and says that he doesn't care about any of the money. Mando can have all the money from the job. Thanik just wants... Uh, Toro just wants the job done so he can basically get the reputation points from it to be able to enter the bounty guild finally. The guild. His whole mission here literally sounds like something out of a fucking video game <laughs> when you think about it. I need the experience points to level up. Uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So then Mando agrees to it and he says uh, he'll meet him in half an hour, blah, 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 bring up, bring us some form of transportation. So off he goes. The Mando returns to his ship to find um, Yeetle missing. I, I did like to... <gasps> so the thing here that shows that he's still so naive and dumb is he walks onto that ship, goes to find Yeetle, and then as soon as he realizes Yeetle isn't there, the way he, like, he very quickly runs out of the ship. So you know he's like, <gasps> what the fuck? But I'm still just like, dude, the, the fucking thing followed you was out of the ship. It literally won't... <laughs> Like it will will not stay still, but for some reason you keep expecting it to stay still. Uh, he finds <clears> it with uh, I've already forgot her name. Where the hell is it? I've already forgot it. Uh, Pelly, right? 
Too many, too many new people's names this episode. I'm trying to remember. Can't keep up. With two them so much. far. Two, two, three. I guess. Two, too many. Some would argue. You know, two, too many. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, it's astounding when you think about how few people are in a lot of these episodes. Like previous ones. Yeah. Well, I mean. I guess last week there was only one name. I don't know if we even learnt the name of um, what's his fuck from the Good Place. I don't know if we even knew, knew that. Yeah, don't. I never knew. No, if we knew, knew it was his just Pillboy. Yeah, Pill, Pillboy in space. <laughs> Pillboy in space. Uh, so he, he talks to her, talks about Yedel. She says, "Oh, she basically asks for a bit more money for looking after him." And then he joins up with Toro, and they head off on speeder bikes into the desert. Uh, the speeder bikes they own uh, look very much like the one Anakin uses to go after the Tusken Raiders in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Whether it is, Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> whether the exact same ones, don't know. But either way, uh, they go a long way. I don't want to point out before we get to that, I really like the shot of um, just the camera like following the bikes. I really like that shot. That was very like yeah. Star Wars-y, Tatooine. That was like fan service to me, to, sh- to show that sort of shot. That's like... Um, but then they stop, or well, the Mando calls, calls them out and says, we stop for a second. And they stop because up ahead, they have spotted, um, a G-back, uh, I guess like Tusken Raiders or what assumes it's to be Tusken Raiders. Dude, yeah. the, he pulls out his binoculars, they look out and they're like, oh, look, oh, Tusken Raiders down there. And then the Mando's like, yeah, and there's some up here too. <laughs> I like the way they kind of cut this because it's like, the you know, they're doing it all through the binocs like um, Luke in episode four and everything. It's like, duh, duh, duh. and then you hear the Mando say that and like literally cuts back and he's got these two Tusken Raiders like standing right next to him. It's quite funny. Um, and this again, you could go with fan service and have them all fight and, you know, yeah. all this sort of stuff but we don't we don't end up doing that what actually ends up happening is they end up bartering and I, I really like this because Tusken Raiders have always like been just shown to be these feral animals and you know whatever yeah. else but the way they paint them in this episode is more like they are the natives to Tatooine and everyone else yeah. is not and th- what they do is because their fucking planet, <laughs> you know. Like I tell you what, coincidental that you brought up the colonization thing. <laughs> yeah, it all, it all. You know, as long as you speak to them in their language and the, in their way, then you're perfectly fine. Yeah, just got no sign language, I guess. I don't know if that's actual sign language or a special kind of Tuscan Raider sign language, but either way, sign language. Yeah, um, Mando yeah. talks to him, barters, ends up giving them the binoculars. Uh, to so they can get safe passage across the place. And then they head off into the desert once again, unharmed. They come to a sudden halt once again, up a bit further. They spot a back with someone attached to it and being dragged along. The Mando heads down to check and finds a dead bounty hunter strung up to the thing before he begins being fired upon from a sniper. He runs to cover, taking a couple shots in the best guy. One thing I want to point out, I think the fact that he gets shot several times in Beskar in this episode is going to be important in future episodes or for several potential reasons. Like, it seems like they really, like, that shit... You know how um, I always point out in The Force Awakens how they got, they really try to make sure you know how powerful Chewie's blaster is and then when Kylo gets shot with yeah. it, I always like how it's, like... That whole movie, Chewie's shooting people, they're fucking getting blasted 10 feet across the way. Chewie shoots Kylo with it and he like, he's hurt, but he's not, you know, thrown 10 crazy. They really make a a thing in that to show you how powerful that is. And I feel like this episode, they really want you to be like, Beskar can really protect you from most shots. I I feel like it could be important because they do it so many times in the the one episode. Um, So yeah, he gets fired a couple of times and he runs behind the, the sand back to old mate. And they get into cover and hide. Um, he tells Pell, uh, geez, I forgot his fucking name again. What's his name? Too many names. I need a bloody, uh, Toro. Toro. Yeah. Toro. Thank you. Uh, he tells Toro to take first watch overnight and the bounty hunter, uh, Mandalorian heads off to sleep. Um, at night they, uh, I guess, well, 
<laughs> I was always like, did night just hit or is it like midnight? But I don't really, I don't suppose it matters. But night comes and then he goes to wake up the Mando. Toro goes to wake up the, the Mando. And you get this whole funny scene where he's like shit talking to him and pointing a gun at him and whatever. And then I don't know if the Mando was awake the entire time or like he just wakes he was up. awake the entire time. Yeah. I don't know if he ever slept or he was just sitting there, I guess, resting but not sleeping. But yeah, he does. Toro tries to do this whole thing and then. Eventually, Mando's like, you're done now. No, I thought that was quite funny. I like that one. Uh, then they head off in the night for this raid mission, I guess is what you want to call it. Uh, mm. Except, of course, it's like semi-suicide run, it seems, because although they're at night, the Mando gives Toro a couple flashbangs, like, basically, and he's Mando's got a couple flashbangs or flash whatever they're called. Um, and then they, they're like, the whole plan is to literally... Go across the sand, try not to get shot by her, Fennec, um, light up these flash th- flashlight things, flashbangs, to distract yeah. her in the scope, and then just hope not to get hit. So it's like semi, it's not really the smartest plan, but I guess it's the, the best they've got. And the Mandal- Let's be honest, the Mandalorian is not the smartest guy in the room. No, I, I think we've- He's yeah. not a master tactician. No. You know? Just, uh, you know, he, he gets by on determination and grit. I definitely feel like we've had it proven by now that Mendo isn't the smartest guy in the room most times. Um, but it is funny, like, like how aggressive he is for, like, a semi, like, a really bad plan, really. But I guess it comes down to the fact that he knows he needs to get off the planet ASAP because if he gets stranded on a planet like that, then as soon as he gets found by the bounty hunters, he's basically fucked, you know, like, stranded yeah. on, like, a backwater planet like Tatooine like you have no hope of there's nowhere to hide yeah there's nowhere to hide so I, I guess he's like well this job can get money YOLO <laughs> a bit I guess yep. so I guess they just go for it Um, so they head out and they do a couple shots of you know letting off the flashbangs or whatever she misses Fennec misses most of the shots and um, until eventually they get really close and then she manages to bl- uh, blast the Mando off his bike by blowing up his speeder. Uh, Toro then gets up and gets into a fight with Fennec, though, and we learn that Fennec is played by uh, Ming-Na Wen, which a lot of people, I guess, that's the other thing. I mean, we'll come back to this. We'll come back at the, the end of the episode, her potential, yeah. because she's not a throwaway actress, I guess, is the importance of her. You know, she's someone that people... She's well-known. She's well-known, yeah. yeah. She's more known than... Just someone for this. She, Anybody else in this episode? She's more. She's <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for sure. Like she's definitely more known than old Bobby Cannavale's son over here. So <laughs> that's for sure. Um, more well known than Amy Sedaris, probably. Probably. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. These days, like she was uh, quite popular on. Um, more well known than Pedro Pascal. No one knows Pedro Pascal's in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's really. When he takes his helmet off, people are going to be like, from Game of Thrones? Like, <laughs> people are going to get shocked. I wonder how many people don't realize who's playing the Mandalorian. I think a lot. I guarantee a lot of people have no idea. Do you know the amount of people who probably just. Like, average people. And I'm just gonna, I don't know if I'm offending average people out there. Average people don't look up actors and actresses like this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? I, get, I could almost guarantee there is a high percentage of people watching this end of every episode says pedro pascal they, they don't go oh who's that and look it up they just you know cool cool they don't look it up they don't care so yeah whenever he takes his helmet off i will be interested how many people are like i know him <gasps> the viper <laughs> oh no <laughs> like oh no <laughs> what if the same then a very small people the kingsman <laughs> yeah, well, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> i always think of him from um to, to me, he's more from um, Narcos, Narcos, yeah, than <laughs> Game of Thrones. So, because he was in more, he was in the most seasons. He lasts longer. <laughs> he lasted longer than the, the other the other dude. So, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Um, so but Toro gets into to a fight with Fennec, yeah, and instead of just shooting her in the fucking leg or <laughs> you know something, he is stupid, and then she gets one over him and they get into a bit of a fisticuff fight. Luckily, the Mando gets back up and saves them in time. And then she... He throws cuffs at her and 
says, you know, tie yourself up and all these sorts of things. And then she asks him, ever been to Navarro? Which at the time, and I like the way they do this at the, in the episode, because at the time she says it, you're like, what's that mean? I don't know this planet Navarro. What is she hinting at? What's all this? However, in context, when you come, when what we learn in five, ten minutes or whenever it is from this, Navarro is the name of the planet we spent the first three <coughs> episodes. What well, the first episode one and three. Two of, um, one and three, yeah. Which I found quite interesting that they give away the name of that planet now and in like this context because it's one of those things I guess if, if, if Rogue One if they'd done the Rogue One thing of having the planet Tyler come up with every planet then when she says ever been yeah. to Navarro automatically you're like oh like his planet but it works a lot differently because you don't know the name <clears throat> so she says ever been to Navarro and you go what's she talking about you know, like it leads to a different reaction the first time you're watching the, the episode than if you knew what the planet was, which was quite interesting. Um, of course, he's like, nah, mate. <laughs> ne- nah. Navahu. <laughs> ne- never heard of anything. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it, the audience, of course, is also like, Navar, what? Like, I wonder if that's something real. Um, so then they get back down, they tie her up, and they realize, of course, that they've only got one speed of bike left. So what's the plan? Um, he tells uh, Toro to go find a Jew back. He says, nah, you might run off with my prize. So then the Mando heads off to find one. And then we cut to the morning and he's still not back. And Fennec begins talking crap with Toro, making fun of the kid, basically. And then she begins pointing out that the Ma- a Mandalorian escaped with a big prize and caused a whole bigger fuss on Navarro. And this explains, of course, links it all together. Like, oh, so at this stage, because once again, we've kind of talked about last week how the show is like, oh, it's been a week, but like, how long were they training for? Like, how long was he traveling for before he got to that planet? Like, we don't know how long it's been since that big shootout on Navarro. It could be six months. It could be a year. I don't know. We, we, you know what I mean? Like, we really have no idea, but it's been long enough, it seems, that the infamacy of this Mandalorian that's escaped is she knows about it. And it seems like it must be a, a big deal, yeah. you know, it's a well-known thing, a well-known thing that's happening within the guild within. Yeah. Within the guild. It's like, you know, he's the big <clears throat> Mandalorian. And she says, uh, she's basically saying, set me free. We'll work together. Take down the Mandalorian. He's worth more than I am. You'll be showered as this hero for the bounty guild, blah, 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 blah. And he's, at first looking like, yeah, that sounds like a great plan. We should totally do that. And he begins walking towards her and she holds out her cuffs like ready to be set free or whatever. And then he gets out his blaster and shoots her what seems directly in the stomach or something like that. Which I think is important when we'll we'll pause it when we get to the end of the episode, but it's important to think that she's shot in the stomach. She ain't shot in the head. Anything like that. She's she's shot in a possibly livable or protected area i just want to say never know potentially 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 um so then he disappears i guess mando eventually shows back up and finds that her body's just lying there and uh toro's gone so he's of course like um cool story and he then heads his hands back to the outpost and there he finds Toro, Pelly, and Yeetal in a hostage situation. And when the Mando enters, Toro, of course, comes out with guns to them all. Poor Yeetal. I don't like Yeetal in this hostage situation. Just pulling out my heartstrings in all the wrong ways. You know, I'm like, I don't like this. Don't appreciate this. Don't know what's going on here. Either way, I don't like it. That's Unrealistic. Sure. Toro would have been like, oh, it's too cute. What am I going to... Yeah, that's how, that's how you can tell he's a real asshole. He's like, no, I can't do this. It's too yeah. cute. He's willing to do it. Makes him a huge asshole. Um, Toro says, <laughs> Toro says, put his, uh, tells Amanda to put his hands up and then tells Pelly to go cuff him. Uh, as Pelly goes to cuff him, she realizes that as Amanda dropped his stuff, he's held a flashbang to the back of his head still and managed to get away with that. Right as she goes to cuff him, she says, you're smart, then you look, you know, and he's like, mm, yeah. And then he lets off the flashbang and then dives over to the side and shoots and kills Toro. 
Maybe he very lives because it's a shooting Yeadle. Yeah, very close. And I was like, what happened to Yeadle? Uh, Mando runs over, checks that uh, he's dead, appears to be dead. And then, of course, they're both like, what happened to Yeadle? And uh, Pelly's looking and all this sort of stuff. And then Yeadle, of course, has just been like, I oh, guess, yeah. thrown to the side of this container or whatever and comes out like, oh, that was, guys, like, whew, that was intense. That was intense stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I thought about levitating him, but. Nah, thought you could handle this one, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, Dad, you can you can do it. Leave, leave one for you. Uh, th- if I could have talked, I would have said this is not the bounty you're looking. for. Yeah, this is not the bounty you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, because it would have made sense. Because on Tatooine, Ash, I don't know if you know, like a stormtrooper had that happen to them, and that would have been good fan service. Oh, okay. yeah, tied yeah. back in. Uh, Man, no, I could have sworn there were like black people, no, like bound, like like just. Bouncy people, not stormtroopers, but you know, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been what, like a month since we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Um, Mando then searches uh, Tora's body and finds a bunch of money. She, um, he gives all of that to her. It appears to be a, various different types of credits. A lot of looks money, way. It looks, it looks <laughs> to be a lot, and obviously her face is like, yeah, that's that's good. That's that's quite good. Yeah, she seems quite happy with the man he's getting. And now he's leaving with no money. Yeah, it's like, would it be smarter for him to be like, I'll keep at least a little bit of this. A little bit of this, potentially, you know, in case I get shot out of freaking space again. Uh, but yeah, either way, he, he's, his ship's been fixed. Or to buy food. Yeadle's got to eat. I mean, that's a, Yeadle does have to eat. Uh, he then takes yeah. off back into space. So yeah, like, it's very, it is a side story, but at the same time, it's like, He's on his way to somewhere and he's shot our space. Filler episode or just literally what happened? It's literally just. I mean, happened. they could have read him not being shot out of space. So. They could have, but I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's realistically something that would happen if you've got a bunch of bounty hunters chasing after you. And I mean, this next moment could potentially make it all. Yeah. So the perfect. episode ends on something we usually don't have, which is a cut away from the Mando to show something else that could like, and that's how we end the episode. We don't end the episode with Mando or Yeta. We end the episode with a different character because we cut back to the desert and you see, um, Fennec, how's it? Fennec, Fennec's body's still laying there, um, motionless. And then we see these boots approaching and we've got a cape on uh, one of the shots you can see that the what appears to be a blaster, and then we cut to black. So of course everyone on the internet is assuming that it's got us. <laughs> everyone on the internet's assuming that it's Bob Fat. So this is the the last big question of the episode, which is of course, what do you, who do you think this person is? Do you think it's Bob Fat? What, what, what do you, what do you think's going on here? Do you think she's actually dead? I think she's actually dead. I think it is Bob Fat. What's your just cause? I mean, they're on Tatooine. That's where he died, or was trapped in the to- Sarlacc pit. I know, but do you, do you think it makes sense for him to just come into the show randomly? Yeah. I mean, why would he be walking up to that body? I know. Maybe he's walking from the Sarlacc pit to a place, like a place. Maybe he's only just gotten out of the Sarlacc pit six years later. Six years later, he's just wandered out. He looks pretty fresh, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, it's fine." I don't yeah. think it's Bob. He was Fett. waiting for winter, which is very uh, uncommon in uh, Mandel <laughs> on Tatooine, because you know he's still wearing that helmet and stuff, so it's very hot under there. So I think, I think obviously whoever the character is, they're they're, they're not showing you it. Obviously, to tease something. Um, the, the 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 main reason that everyone thinks it's Boba Fett is because of the <coughs> what's the word shingles? <laughs> I don't know the jingles, shingles, whatever. The, like the boot. Yeah, the jingling of the armor. It sounds like what, what, yeah, like uh, which is how Boba Fett always sounded during the, the show. However, I will say what he sounds like in uh, in the movies. Sorry, what he sounds like in the movies is because George Lucas was gave him a very like cowboy sounding like you know like the the boots coming with the jingling. Like he, he gave him a very like old school. So it's like yeah. there could be a bunch of other characters that sound very similar when they when they walk. So that that is the 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 clinging thing that everyone is using to say to Boba Fett. Now I'm gonna say. Uh, here's here's my order of like things here. Number one most likely person this is, um, being realistic about it, in my opinion, is Moff Gideon, which is the character that 
um, Giancarlo Esposito's playing, who we have seen in the trailer and yeah. we have not met yet. Um, does he look like, does a ex moth, because of course he's not like a proper moth anymore, the fucking Empire's dead, but does an ex moth seem a like moth. a character who would wear this sort of stuff? But what's a moth, just for clarification's sake? Like a Tarkin, like Grand Moff Tarkin, like his position, like a high, uh, high okay. position within the uh, Empire. Imperial Army. Yeah, Imperial Army. Yeah, so he was a moth. We know that much. We've been told that much about his character. He was an ex-moth. So, but it's like, it's six years later. Would he dress in the fucking same grey outfit? You know what I mean? Or something, you know, like that sort of thing? No, I'm going to say no. Um, we know in the show he, he still holds a, a group of like really loyal stormtroopers, including death troopers, I think, as, w- as well. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen any of these things show up. So that's my number one choice because there are a couple episodes of the show left. And we are yet to meet him. Yeah. And he was always played out in those trailers like the main villain or one of the main villains. Um, we see him. But we were played out like Jenna Carino was going to be a massive factor in the season. She's been in one episode. Yeah, I guess that's true. But also I'm just trying to be, that's my like most realistic pick of like, all right, they're teasing okay. next. Number two, couple episodes ago, weeks ago on Older and Explosion. Um, which you should be listening to because we've only got two episodes left. Um, I s- talked about, when I was talking about The Mandalorian prior to it releasing, that I had a dream. And in the dream, I had, I explained that I watched The Mandalorian and there was a bounty hunter in it and it made me really happy. And now that this has been teased, I'm taking my dream as a premonition and the character is going to be that of Cad Bane, the number one best bounty hunter in the galaxy is going to make his live screen reveal appearance, live live action appearance outside of the Clone Wars. Finally, in this show, Cad Bane. Cad Bane dresses literally like a cowboy. He has a fucking hat. He has the proper cowboy Stetson or whatever on and it, everything. He is a cowboy. That could be him. But then number two, uh, that's how I'm ranking them. Here, here's how I'm ranking them. Number one for me, Moff Gideon. Number two, Cad Bane, because I had a dream and it's a premonition officially. And number three, I'm going to say Boba Fett because although I would put my, I, I put my old tire that Boba Fett does eventually come into play in the show, I don't think, I think it's too early and it doesn't really fit the story at the moment. And there's too many questions. And he, as soon as you chuck Boba Fett in, people are all like, and then they become obsessed with Boba Fett and suddenly the rest of the characters don't matter and the whole show becomes a fucking meme fest with Boba Fett and Yeetal. And does anyone care about the actual character any, uh, of the Mandalorian anymore? Because everyone's just obsessed with all this other shit that's going on. You put Cad Bane in and people who watch Clone Wars like me are like, yeah, but he's also a character that you could put in for people who have never watched the Clone Wars and it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it's just a bounty hunter that shows up. Um, and it would make sense because if he's still around... You still working for the Bounty Guild? Chasing after the target? Cool. The only reason not to reveal him here is because I believe it does a reveal for next week. Uh, but yeah, there's more, there's more order. And we'll see how we go next week. Uh, how that works out. So next week... Um, hang on. The other person I've seen thrown up is Cobb Vanth. Someone from Aftermath. Is that a likely... I don't know who that name is. No? I don't know that. I, don't, I haven't read those books for so long. Is that name? Yeah. <laughs> Who? Cobb Math. Dath? Cobb Vanth. Vanth? V-A-N-T-H. Was a human male that lived around the battle of Vendor. Cobb Vanth was a human male that lived around the... Fucking stop giving me ads. Fuck. Let me read the thing. Was a human male that lived around time Bella Endor. Once a slave, he rose to become a sheriff of Freetown on the plant Tatooine after acquiring a set of Mandalorian armor from Jawas. And, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do remember now. Yes. That was a... He's not one of the main characters. That's probably why it doesn't stand out as a That's, yeah. um, thing. But, I mean, you, even just reading what I just said then, sure. You're like, yeah, it fits the it time. Fits line. the time. And I would put that at number three and move Boba Fett down. <laughs> I would give that a higher percentage than <laughs> Boba Fett, to be honest. Uh, this is how I would order them. Yeah, so slip, slip, that in at, slip that in at three and... Um, <laughs> We'll see how the, the, the come on. Wait, how are you going to order? Watch me, Boba Fett. Though. How are you going to how are you going to order them? Get your ordering. I mean, Boba Fett seems the least likely just because it's a, it's called the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And why would you 
I mean, we've seen other Mandalorians, but why would you introduce the most famous Mandalorian? Unless they're saving him for like the f- season finale, we're not going to see him again until then. Probably, which is a possibility. It's probably you know? it, it's very possible that this character might not show up or be relevant next week or the week after. So, or we for the rest of the season, rest of the we just season. get vignettes of him following. You know, possibly doing random shit. Possibly, you know, like in Mindhunter. It's very possible. Well, it's very possible. <laughs> I'm not going to say they're a serial killer, but it's possible for for like three three seasons of this character doing just random stuff. I, I, I think, I think people who watch Mindhunter can deal with that better like i can i'm like yeah these vignettes we're building we'll get there in like 10 seasons <laughs> i think the audience like more people who are watching this show they wouldn't be able to deal with that very like slow burn of a, a reveal i don't think no um but next week's episode i can say that i think so the official description that was released was that the mandalorian is going to join a crew of mercenaries on a mission that's all the synopsis says I think most likely this is going to be a quote-unquote Nova filler episode, so I'm ready for that, based upon that. And I also think it's probably going to be the episode with Bill Burr in it, and also the Twi'lek that we see in the trailer. I think Bill Burr's been confirmed. Has he? Okay, so that makes sense. Because Bill Burr shows up in the trailer, and he's got two guns in both his hands, and he has like a third one coming off his shoulder. Looks very mercenary-like. Um, the Twi'lek, Twi'lek, how the fuck you like to say it, I don't know. Whoever's listening, whatever, flo- whatever floats your fucking boat. Um... Yeah, that, that all fits. So that, that's what I think next week's episode is. And then episode three and four are most likely going to be heavily connected. Either way, we get those episodes a lot closer. Seven and eight. Yeah, seven and eight. So either way, it's like we watch this episode. Everyone's going to complain, oh, more filler. But then it's like uh, you only have to wait a couple of days till episode seven anyway. So calm your fucking farm. Episode seven in which uh, Ray shows up with, uh, because of the time travel, Bauer she's going to get in Rise of Jedi. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. We're going to get some midichlorians, is what we're going to get. Uh, there's what I'll do for this week's episode of The Mandalorians. Thank you for joining us. You can find the show at explosionnetwork.com, youtube.com slash explosion network, and all good podcasting services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also find our Star Wars podcast, All Around Explosion, available right now as we rewatch and discuss the films in the lead up to The Rise of Skywalker. This week's episode, we are giving our last discussion prior to seeing the film. So make sure you check that one out. It comes out on Thursday. You can follow the Explosion Network on Twitter at ExplosionPod, myself at VivaLadil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L, and Ash at uh, (laughs) at Ashley Hopley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-V-L-E-Y. You can follow me on my Twitter as well. Fuck it. (laughs) Whatever works. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Until next week, we have spoken.